0: Amen. Amen. Remember when men used to be men. Anybody with me? Remember when you could tell by looking? Oh I might lose some of you right here. Remember when men knew who they were and liked how they were. And wasn't confused about their gender. And didn't want to be anything but who they were and what they were. Remember that? Remember when men, it was men who liked to box and wrestle and bragged about how much they could bench press. I'm preaching right now in case you didn't know. Remember when it was women who wore makeup and earrings and bikinis? Remember when it was men who initiated the contact and took the lead in a relationship and made lifelong commitments, treated a woman like a lady and modeled a masculinity that displayed security and stability, I don't know if you know it or not, but there's scripture in the Bible against hand dangling men. It calls them effeminate. If you're an effeminate man today, I challenge you to go somewhere and learn how to walk like a man, talk like a man, be like a man, and do what a man does. Just a thought, just a thought. I'm not talking about the Rambo style who, 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 who's the macho mania, those who look for a fight and walk with a swagger and never apologize and you know, give you that make my day stare. Those guys may be able to destroy half of an army single-handedly, but they, they make terrible neighbors and horrible business partners and brutal husbands and dads. Being a man is not the same as living like a panther ready to pounce all the time. It's not what it's all about. Neither is it like Archie Bunker. I know that I'm talking beyond some of y'all's time. Archie Bunker, that loudmouth type who slouches in a chair and barks out orders and thinks the world gravitates around him. You're not the king, you're the husband, you're the father. Since when do dogmatism, prejudice, and selfishness mean masculinity? So these, these types of fellows live in a fantasy world. Only imagining he's running the show when he's really not. In actuality, he's a frightened child inside a man's body, and the object of sarcastic ridicule among his friends and family, and he don't even know it. We got them around. I said, we still got them around. Folks, at what point did we get to in America when a five year old gets to decide if they want to be a boy or a girl? How did we get here? How did we land where we are? You see, true manhood calls for discipline of character and strong determination to set a course of action and courage to stay the task. But brutality, no. Vulgarity, no. Lack of courtesy, no. Hardly, no. Authentic men are afraid to show affection, aren't afraid to show affection and release feelings and hug their children and cry when they're sad. It's not a shame to cry, by the way. Admit it when you're wrong and ask for help when you need it. Vulnerability fits beautifully into real manhood and mature manhood and so does integrity. You see, I I live to see so many changes in our world and I'm old enough now to understand what was happening back when I was a child and watched it in progression through the years and watched it come to fruition in the day that I'm living in. I'm concerned today because there's not many real men left. We always say they don't make them like they used to. They don't have that material anymore. I'm not here to down anybody today. I'm here to send a clear warning to the men who sit in this room today that if we are going to be the man, the father, the husband that God wants us to be, there's going to have to be some qualities and some characteristics of God that are displayed in our lives. Toward our wives and our children and our home, and most of all, toward God and toward the church. Somebody shout, Amen. You see, we need fewer spineless wimps who never disentangle themselves from mama's apron string, and more clear thinking, hard working, straight talking men who can be tender in heart, thoughtful and loving, and don't feel the need to ask permission to take charge. The last time I read the Bible, it said that the man is the head of the house. I know what you're thinking, lady. You're the neck. You turn the head. You probably got that right. One fellow said, I run things around my house, washing machine, vacuum cleaner, Dishwasher. Man. I understand, but I'm convinced of this. Most single ladies would love to have men that they want to spend time with, and most wives are looking for men to share life with that have backbone, and they're not afraid to stand up for what is right. See, during the last few years, as a matter of fact, few decades, there's been an assault on masculinity, we got a bunch of Boy George performers that standing up in front of crowds and you can't tell if they're men or women or, or, or it's. And our world is falling into that. And now we got council culture going on in America. And we want to do away with everything that's been stood for for years. And we want to do away with everything that is right and everything that is good. And they want to say it doesn't matter anymore. I've come to tell you that when God made man and woman in the beginning, the Bible said he made them male and female. And he hadn't changed his mind about that. Man, I'm glad God made female. I, I could care less about you guys, but I'm glad God gave me Arlene. He didn't make Adam and Steve. He made Adam and... Eve, aren't you glad? All you guys that's glad, say amen. Amen. If you didn't say amen, you need to go get checked. Amen. It matters. The sex roles in America matters and in the world matters. They're deliberately being blended. They're deliberately, the lines of distinction are deliberately being blurred by the 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 one the people around us that are trying to ch- look. It's not just about their feelings. It's about changing the culture of America. It's you know what's happening. The, the minority is standing up and hollering louder than the majority, and the majority needs to stand up and holler louder than the minority. It's what needs to happen. Amen. Do you love everybody? We love everybody. We, we love every lesbian. We love every homosexual. But we do not agree with that. And we will never agree with that. And when you quit trying to make me preach that, you're going to have to put me in jail. Because I'm telling you, we believe that God has a way in the Word. And the Word of God is right and I'm going to preach it without fear nor favor until the day that I take my last breath. When the roles get sufficiently blurred, confusion and chaos replace decency and order. And when effeminate men begin to flood our landscape, God's long-suffering, reaches the length of its tether, ushering in the severest judgment imaginable. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. God was sick of that. And last time I checked, Romans chapter one was still in the Bible. God frowns on that lifestyle. So men, I've come on a Sunday morning to tell you we need to examine ourselves. And make sure of our character and our integrity and the things that we stand for and the life that we live, how we minister to our own home. You, sir or the priest of your house. It falls on your shoulders to bring your kids to the house of God. It falls on your shoulder to raise them and nurture them in the admonition of the Lord. It falls upon your shoulder and your responsibility to teach them in the morning, at the noonday, in the evening and at midnight. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. It falls your responsibility. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you we shall stand in judgment for how we deal with our children and our family. If you're a wimp, you need to grow up and be a man. Didn't mean to say all that, but it did. Tucked away tucked away in the first century letter Paul wrote, and he wrote some things that are powerful. He didn't write them about the subject that I'm talking about today, but I want you to listen to what he wrote, and then I want to take just a moment, just a moment, I will not be long, to tell you what I found in those scriptures. It's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 7 through 12, and this is what he said, but we proved to be gentle among you as a mother tenderly cares for her own children. First he talks about gentleness of mom. Then watch what he says. Having thus a fond affection for you, we were well pleased to impart to you not only the gospel of God, but also out our own, out own lives. Because you had become very dear to us. For you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day, so as to be not be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses and so is God. How devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave toward you believers. Just as you know... How we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children so that you may walk in a, manner of, in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now, I don't know if you've observed a rather bold contrast at the beginning of these verses. Watch what Paul said. He, he initially admits he was gentle as a nursing mother. Then later he writes that he exhorted and encouraged and implored them as a father. There's a difference in a mother and a father. And when you see that contrast, it will occur to you that 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 there's some hints there for the whole in a context mentioned mentioning both mother and father. And the closer you look, the clearer picture will emerge. In fact, you, you, you will find five wonderful traits in this scripture. That is the portrait of a father in a home. First of all, he talked about a fond affection. We need to learn to have affection. Dad, I'm going to spend just a moment here today. Dad, you need to tell your son you love him. My boy turned 48 Friday. Not here today. He's off celebrating his birthday and Father's Day. Bless his sweet soul. But I called him. He was in Dallas. I said, happy birthday, Danny. Congratulations to you on your birthday. Congratulations to me because you made me a father 48 years ago. But I want you to know that I love you. It's okay to show affection. Don't ever get too big to show fond affection for your family. The last words my father ever said to me, I leaned over his bed, and he hadn't said much for a long time. I said, Dad, I love you. And the last words he said was with a feeble voice. And he said, Son, I love you. It's okay to have fond affection. And you don't need to wait to a deathbed. You need to say it often. and You need to say it to your wife. And you need to say it to your kids. Because if you're going to be as gentle as a nursing mother, that nursing mother knows how to be gentle. When I, I, I don't, If you'll notice, and you've been around a while, I don't hold newborn babies. I don't ask for them. I don't want them. You know why? I'm scared I'll, I'll, I'll do something wrong. They scare me in the hospital when they flopping them around, amen. But that's just not my deal. I'm not a mother. But a mother can take that child and knows how to hold it, knows how to feed it, knows how to pamper it. A father needs to become gentle as a nursing mother to deal with your family. Not only that, I'm, I'm going to go quick now. A transparent life. Transparency is important to your children. Transparency is important in your family. If you're stressed out. You can't just cuss the cat and kick the dog and, 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 you know, that's not what it's all about. It's about transparency. It's just about being real. Some of the greatest times I can ever remember in my lifetime is when my family gathered around our table. And We've often said, if our table could talk. Because myself, my wife, our kids, I know you think we're crazy. We'd sit down for a meal and five hours later we'd still be sitting there. Y'all do that? Does a clan do that? Yeah, we do that. We still do that. They get mad at us in restaurants because we stay too long. But we, we want to be transparent with one another. Not only that, an unselfish diligence. You've got to give everything within your power to see your children survive, to see them successful, and to see them filled with the presence and the power of God. There needs to be a spiritual authenticity. Paul talked about it. You need to walk your walk and talk your talk. And the last thing is this. A positive influence in their life. Not a negative influence. Get away from negative people. If you're always hanging around negative people, they'll inject that negative spirit into you so quick. Get away from that. Don't let it fall on you. Let me tell you, the of the littlest size in the world is criticize. When I get around people that start criticizing, I just kind of saunter off the other direction. They got time for that. I'm serious, I'm serious. If you're a criticizer and you want to know why I don't hang around you, quit. That's all some people want to do. Don't be a criticizer. Paul talked about being a positive influence on your children. So what I've come to tell you today, that, that scripture had nothing to do with child raising, but in there he mentioned the mother and the father. I had 12 pages of note. I'm now on number 12 for some of you. I've skipped seven, eight, six, five, three. I don't know how many. Just for you. But listen to me. Men, square your shoulders. Become a man. Stand up for what's right. Don't be spineless. Don't be afraid to do what is right. Stand when your children don't even like it. And even your wife may disagree. Stand and don't move. My kids will tell you that I'm pretty, I'm pretty good about standing what, in what I believe. You won't move me. Well, so and so's doing it. Who cares? We're not there yet. Somebody else is involved, so I'm gonna stand by what I believe the Word of God says. I'm gonna do what I feel like is right if you'll follow your your heart in prayer and you'll give your character and your integrity to God and let him mold you and make you into what you ought to be you'll lead your children and lead your wife and lead your whole family in the ways of the Lord it's look it ought to be the dad that says get up we're going to the house of the Lord it ought to be the dad that says come on kids we're going to be involved in the kingdom of God it ought to be the dad the mom is important but you know if you go statistics. I don't have them in front of me. But I'm going to tell you, it's mamas that step out and be the leaders. It's mothers. I'm talking about statistics and the reality of where we live right now. It's the moms that step up and say, we really need to be going to church. We really need to be doing this. "We, We want to be involved in that. And it's moms that come on without the death. Dad, I'm challenging you on a Sunday morning on Father's Day 2021. How about planting your feet on this rock? How about taking time to say, God, this is what I'm gonna do and I may not have done it right in the past, but today is the first day of the rest of my life and I'm gonna give my very best to God. I want my kids saved. I want my grandkids saved. I want everybody in my household saved. And so therefore, I'm gonna become the preacher of my home and I'm going to stand up for what is right and I'm going to do the things God has called me to do. You have no excuse for failure. Now, will kids always do the right thing? here's your job, you inject it, you tell them, you lead them, you show them. All the days they're in your household. And I'm gonna tell you something, look at me right now. I know, I know that nowadays they're living at home longer and they're staying attached to mom and dad longer. When I was 18, I got married. We started a family, our kids grew up with us. But I know they're staying longer. But just because they're staying longer, they're still sliding their feet under your table. And you're still responsible for your household. You gonna live by here? You are gonna live here? You are gonna play by my rules. Isn't that pretty fair? I pay the house note. I pay the light bill. I pay the water bill. I'm still paying this, that, and f- whatever. I'm still paying your car note and your insurance, whatever you're paying. So, if you're going to live here, I don't know who I'm preaching to. I'm just preaching, but i sure I'm having fun. Because this is what I believe. J. Paul said it a while ago, and it's true. You want to know what I believe? Just ask me. I'm not going to lie to you. But here's what I believe. they sp- their feet under your table. You're responsible for what goes on in your house. I can't do nothing with them. Don't ever admit that. Don't let the devil hear you say that. I can't do nothing with them. You can do something with them. You can do something with them. Nothing else, turn them over to God. Amen.